Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast. It's Martin Johnson back again. I'm going to record this Hubcast um, in the area of hiring great talent to build upon um, a couple of other Hubcasts and uh, we've done recently uh, and a few pathways that we've we've loaded onto the Hub around hiring and around the whole interview process. Um, and you know what? Part of the interview process in the modern day world is to try and test the candidate and find out as much as you can about the candidate prior to the candidates arriving. Um, one of the most popular ways of doing that or, or of achieving that is the use of psychometric testing tools. So for this hubcast, I'm going to focus particularly on should we be using psychometric profiling and testing tools in our interview process? If so, what is out there? What are the most popular tools that organizations are using and what's the value of it? You know, what we're looking to use it for to which increases our chance of getting the best possible candidate we can or, or the most appropriate candidate that will hopefully succeed in the role. So yeah, my 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 initial view on this and 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 here at T2, we we absolutely do believe that the use of psych psychometric testing or psychometric profiling in the interview process is a value. No, we absolutely do. And, you know, we use a particular tool, which I'll come on to, or we recommend one particular tool, which I'll come on to. But there are some fantastic tools out there. Uh, Some of them do more or less the same thing. So for anybody listening to this who's ever been through a psychometric testing day, whether it's on a training course, on a leadership course, or whether it's in an interview process, you know, you you will understand that uh, they all feel, or a lot of them feel, very similar in many senses. A lot of them are just slightly different variations and spins on on the same kinds of output. Um, but there are some with some unique differences, and we're going to explore that that on this hubcast. So, just to start with, yes, using psychometric testing tools for profiling can be a great way of measuring psychological characteristics such as personality traits, behavioral styles their cognitive abilities and the motivators of the people you are looking to bring in the organization or develop in the organization. So it can give us some real indicators of the type of person we are hiring or we are getting. And that's really important because as we said on a previous hubcast, sometimes the interview process is and CVs, et cetera, are stacked with skills and experience of the individual or the candidates. But we've, we seem to skirt over the person, the type of characteristics and behaviors and habits that the person has has formed. So that's a great, psychometric testing is a great way of of drawing some of those out. So um, what are our recommendations or what's our recommendations of the types of tests you can use or particular tools you can use in the hiring process or in the development process, really? They they can double up, but I'm going to focus for this hubcast, as I said, on hiring and the interview process. Well, I I want to talk about five in particular that we are well-versed in, that we've deployed in our organization, that we've either been on the end of or that we've practitioned in uh, or licensed ourselves. And these are also the five 
organizations and tools which are the most common, I think, uh, or the most successful in being used in organizations for certainly from a hiring perspective. So the first the first one I'm going to cover is is arguably one of the most famous, one of the most well-known and one of the most long established. And it's Myers-Briggs or MBTI, as some people will 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 know it as. Now, the Myers-Briggs organization uh, has been around for a long time. They were they were very early to the market on personality testing and, and personality styles in the Myers-Briggs uh, or the MBTI tool testing process, you've got 16 different personality types. So through the testing and based on four uh, variations of characteristics, which I'll go through in a minute, you can have 16 different types of profile that comes back. And they signify or they they, they use four letters to, to present your profile to you, like ESFP or ENTJ or ISTF or whatever it might be. So you have four letters which will then form your personality style and it gives you a report and a lot of detail around what that means how that person displays their behavior how they think feel act and behave so um the first letter is chosen on your style whether you on based on whether you are extroverted or introverted so extroversion or introversion so the test is quite clever in the way that it will start to decipher whether you are more of an extrovert you live externally and you're expressive in your personality style or you're more of an introvert you're more inwardly focused uh, and don't um, express yourself as much in fact you quite like your own space and time so um, extroversion or introversion represents the first letter of your of your profile in Myers-Briggs the second letter is then um, decisive uh, decided by an S or an N which is basically sensitive or, or intuitive so are you somebody who's intuitive or are you more somebody who's sensing and sensitive, et cetera? And that will form your second letter. Your third letter in the in the four-letter process comes from um, whether you are thinking or feeling. So do you generally, um, when you're living outside and in the world, do you genuinely like to process things through your logical brain and you are therefore thinking and rationalizing about things? Or do you consume what's around you in your environment and you go on your gut instinct you're more of a feelings person it's like feelings and emotions is how i interpret situations so are you more of a logical thinker or are you more emotional and feelings person and that determines um your third letter um and your last letter is 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 deciphered uh, via whether you are more of a judgmental and a judging person of situations or whether you are a perceiving person whether you judge outwardly or whether you're you you, it comes internally and you perceive so as you can imagine you have an e or an i an s or an n a t or an f and a g or a p and it makes a four-letter combination and there can only be 16 variations of that this then spits out a report that gives you a really good understanding of that person's outward behavior how they externalize themselves to the world and what their personality and characteristics are like and that can be that can be really valuable in in hiring great talent because it can tell you some roles for example you you may need to be more extroverted than introverted 
Um, and vice versa, some roles you may need to be more introverted than extroverted. Thinkers and feelings, uh, think, thinking and feeling is another interesting one. You know, do you need, is it a logical process driven analytical job or is it something creative and out the box where it's heavily reliant on human interaction and therefore the maybe the feelings and, and emotions side might lend itself uh, better to that. So Myers-Briggs has been around a long time. It's very popular. It is really good at, at the surface level behaviors of how you can just sort of start to unpick what a person's persona and personality style is like. The second one I'm going to cover is insights. So some of you listening to this will be familiar with insights. Insights is the four colors. Uh, red, fiery red is the first one. So so if you think about it, just, just rewinding before I go into this, Myers-Briggs had... It, it, is 16 variations of profile, whereas Insights gets at even a little bit more high level, where it does four types of colours. Now you will be a you'll be a percentage match in all four of the of the colours without a shadow of a doubt, but it will give you your more dominant, uh, you know, conscious uh, default colours and the ones that you're probably less of, where you've got to bring into your conscious a bit more. But the four colours are red, yellow, green, and blue. If you are a red, you're deemed as directive, assertive, fiery red at times it's called. Um, you know, you're much more likely to express yourself and be more blunt and straight to the point and impatient and you want to work at a fast pace and, and reach targets and goals and all of those great things. You want to be a driver. Um the uh, yellow is sunshine yellow. So this is the this is associated with more of a creative, positive, optimistic, um, you know, glass half full, rose tinted glasses type uh, view of the world. It's sunshine yellow. These people usually have an infectious personality. They're very extroverted, great socially. Um, yeah, and you believe in humans and peoples and relationships and creativity. Green or earth green, as they call it in insights, is more of an amiable type of personality. So if you're more dominant in green, you are absolutely uh, more calm, more considered, more thoughtful of others. You're often the peacekeeper. You're often keeping peace and harmony in the environment. And you're earthy green. Yeah, you're, 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 you're always putting others and situations and um, no conflict, no discomfort, no discord is really important to earthy green people um, and really, really great people's people. Cool blue. Now, cool blue is the fourth color and cool blue is a social, uh, associated with analyticals or, you know, more data driven, more calm, considered, will be more of a logical thinker, likes to take their time, likes data evidence, likes things to be done properly, puts a high onus on quality and execution. And if you're a cool blue, you'll be quite a, a, an analytical and a, a thorough person. And that's insights. Insights is 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 a really popular tool because it's what it's done is it's made um, the the science and the, the behind it very very simple to understand in four colours. Uh, the way the the sessions and workshops are conducted, I've been in one myself uh, with the colourful mat and the interactive nature of it. It really brings the content alive in the mind. Of, of the delegates. Uh, another variation of insights is social styles. Um, and social styles, as instead of four colors, they have just four categories, which is driver, um, amiable, analytical, and expressive, but they mean the same thing. So insights is a great team uh, uh, team experience as well, because not only can you get the insight on yourself, but you can start to then develop and, and look at other team members and, and what they are and how we can interact with them more effectively. 
Disc is the third one. I'm not going to spend too much time on disc, D-I-S-C. Again, there's four styles of disc. I find disc very, very similar to insights. Disc is basically replacing categories. It's even the same colors, right? It's but the same categories with words. So the D is dominance, more of a dominant personality. The I is influence. They have influence over others. S is steadiness and C is consciousness. So, you know, they're just worded slightly different, but it's a similar process. And again, it's four styles, four behavioral styles. SDIs. Now, SDIs is a little bit different, but SDI is total SDI, the company total SDI, and it, and it, and it stands for Strength Development Inventory. And basically, it's looking at a, a three-pronged triangle sort of approach, and they sort of focus on three areas of the triangle, people, process, and performance. So they're sort of going, where does your natural strengths lie as an individual are you more around process are you more about people or are you more about performance and the end and then result and goals and and do you know what it's again you can link it back to the type of stuff that myers-briggs insights and disc do um, but it's just a very different way of doing it and again it's highly interactive and visual there's a big triangular mat uh, or a big triangular set up on the floor and you've got to place cards and and self-analyze on, on a score rating of where you think your strengths are it can also double up and you can you can get insight and do it on other people so it can double up as like a mini 360 from your peers but again it's it's a, it's a strong tool and it's just a different way of approaching it um but it is really popular and that's called sdi or total sdi and the and the and the fifth and final one that I'm going to focus on, of course, and anybody who knows us here at T2, it's the one that we really believe has uh, differentiation from the rest. Um, and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, it's also the one we license and we fundamentally incorporate into a lot of our training development programs, and it's called Print, P-R-I-N-T, capital letters, and it's it's delivered by or it was created by the Paul Hertz Group in the U.S. and Paul Hertz is a statistician. He was the protege of Edwards Deming, who who revolutionized the sort of agile and lean um, industry or movement um, years ago. And Paul Hertz started to look at more the people's thing, uh, people side of, of agile and started to wanting to understand what motivated people. So what I would say the difference is, is in a nutshell, is Myers-Briggs Insights, DISC, SDIs, they're all great tools. And you could add, re- there's, there's hundreds of other testing tools out there on the market. And they're all really good, I believe, at, at, at trying to categorize or, or, or reveal your social style or the way you externalize yourself to the world, right? Your preferences, your extroversion, introversion, you know, whether you're direct, whether you're amiable, whether you like data and analytics, they're all really good and they're all different. They're all dressed up differently, but they'll all give you your indicative personality styles, how you behave and how you externalize yourself to the world. Whereas print... I believe, and we know, and through the science, and anybody who's ever been through it can vouch for this, is it goes a level deeper. Print doesn't really just focus on the external behaviors and styles of people. It more so, it comes a level deeper and starts to look at the underlying drivers and motivators of behavior. And these are called, or what Print and the Paul Hertz Group called, unconscious motivators. When we, we study psychology, as you know, we look at, we know, we know a lot about the human form. Traditionally, before in being introduced to print, we used to call them core motivators, or we used to call them, you know, your, the way you see the world, right? Your unconscious bias, you know, all that type of stuff sort of comes into it. But the unconscious motivators, 
piece of research and work that's been done by Print and Paul Hertz is so digestible and so revealing that it, I believe it's probably the best tool on the market. So what this says is in your formative years, as you're growing up and your brain's developing, you through through nature and nurture, you start to develop your view of the world. And then what we develop is these unconscious motivators. And these are the things that drive and regulate our behavior because now we have to have these motivators met every single day. And as long as they're met, we're happy and fulfilled and we can be, be the best version of ourselves. We can be our best Myers-Briggs profile. We can be our best coloring insights. We can be all of the great strengths from SDIs, you know, but but it's regulated by a set of core motivators. So what print does is it allows you to test for people to come down a level and say, what motivates this individual? What's the underlying driver of their behaviors? Now, there are nine things human beings can be motivated by. I'm not going to go through them on this hubcast, but there are nine different things human beings can be motivated by. And you take this test, it's a very clever, clever test with clever algorithms. It tries to percentage match you against the motivators and picks up on your unconscious motivators and your unconscious biases. It then reveals a major and a minor, two, one or two motivators that are strong enough to drive and regulate your behaviors. And then the analysis of that gives you some explanation of what this means for you why, how it will present in your best self and in your shadow, and what the triggers, the potential obstacles and triggers are that will compromise those motivators, which is really important. So if you think about that, let's rewind. In the other psychometric testes, there are three areas of the triangle in SDI. There are four styles of disc. There are four colors and insights. There's 16 personality versions of Myers-Briggs. But in print, you have nine, nine unconscious motivators. You have two in your report. So times that you know, time, times the combination, you know, 72 variations of print combination, of motivator combination. So it starts to get very, very specific to individuals. It's uncanny how people read this output and go, I cannot believe that's captured me from a test. The reason why that's so important is because, and let's come back to hiring now. So they're the five, they're the five psychometric options I think you should explore from a hiring perspective. But the reason why I would recommend print and the reason why our clients use print and why they benefit from it is because what we believe is that if you look at performance psychology and you look at development in individuals, as we know, when the brain develops, by the time we reach our early 20s, through the anchors of our early parental years and our social exposure and our educational experiences, experiences once we've formed our, our fully functional cognitive, cognitive brain, we pretty much see the world in a certain way. Our unconscious motivators, we're not saying they can't ever change or tweak or evolve, but you ha you are who you are, right? You know, they're, you, you, they're pretty deep-seated or certainly they're more deep-seated than surface-level behaviors. So what we need to do is we need to understand when we're hiring, what is driving people? What, what, what is the way they see the world and what do they have to have met and fulfilled every day rather than how can they display their behavior on their best given day or worst given day? Because that's highly, that fluctuates highly depending on a situation. Whereas your motivators are your motivators. They're pretty deep seated, right? They're pretty locked in. So if we can uncover people's drivers and motivators through the print testing tool, it gives us real intelligence in the reports to be able to see what they're likely to be triggered by. And what we mean by that is what's likely to, you know, piss them off in the organization, what, what's likely to compromise them, what's likely to send them in a counterproductive state. 
And we can look at this trigger analysis and we can look at the role they're entering. Because if they're entering a highly pressurized, high octane, demand-driven, target-driven role, and their their trigger report is saying that they will not cope, their motivators cannot cope in that type of role, then we really need to start probing and asking some intelligent questions in the interview process around that. You know, we can hire great people and we can skill them. But we can't always hire on skills and experience and pray they're the right people. Because if they've got the wrong type of motivators for the wrong role, they're going to be triggered in that role and therefore stand lesser chance of being a success in that role and having longevity. Whereas if they've got the more aligned motivators with that role, it's easier to develop the skill set on top of that rather than vice versa. And that's why we fundamentally believe that print is, or print is the, is is one of the best tools for use for hiring. But listen, you're not going to go too far wrong if you're using Myers-Briggs Insight, DISC, SDIs, et cetera, because you're still going to be getting a view of behaviors. You're still going to get some real intelligence around how you can, uh, if this candidate's right for the role. But what we're trying to say is you've got to go a bit a level deeper. You've got to understand what's driving and regulating that personality style and not just the personality style in isolation. So some final sort of comments for me on this, if for anybody listening, um, you know, why use psychometric testing tools? There's some of the variations. We've give you our thoughts on, or give you my thoughts on what you should be looking at and using. Um, but as a manager, why should you use psychometric testing into, into incorporated into your interview process? Well, the first thing is prep. It really helps you as a manager prepare. It helps you prepare timely and effective questions it helps you understand their potential strengths and areas to build on so you can probe around that intelligently in the interview process and really see how the candidate responds to that. But it just arms you from a preparation perspective to understand the type of person you're going to be seeing, where they're going to excel in the role, where they may struggle in the role, and arm and prepare your questions and your line of questioning around them because that's what you really want to sort of uncover and see how they deal with that and how they answer that. What it also does is it, to point two, is it will give you a, a also an indication of their level of self-awareness. Because if they're not self-aware to some of these areas to build on and flaws and the questions you're asking them and why you're asking them, then that's a that's that's a worrying sign, right? Um, we want people most mostly in interviews, people are honest and people will have a level of self-awareness uh, where they they can talk openly about strengths, areas to build on, weaknesses. Um, good points, bad points, whatever it might be. But it will give you an idea of how open, how transparent and how self-aware they are around some of the challenges and some, and, and, and also how how sort of conscious and proud they are and uh, around their strengths. So it will help you with self, to, to establish how much self-awareness the candidate has as well. The third thing I'd say is it helps you with triggers. And, I, and I've mentioned this already, but it's really important for you to understand their trigger points and what is likely to compromise them and what they're likely to get frustrated with, with prior to the interview or hiring process. Because the worst thing in the world, we've all done it. You, somebody has, you know, we don't conduct a fe- an interview as rigorously as we would like. On the surface, this seems like a great candidate. We hire them two or three weeks in, they're getting really frustrated and they're getting really triggered with the, with the role, with the people, with the culture. And it's almost like they go, this isn't what I expected it to be. And you're sort of thinking, well, you're not, you're not what I expected you to be, right? So it helps you. Psychometric testing will help you identify, certainly with the print profiling, uh, some of the trigger points and challenges that this person is going to f- face and just 
probe and sanity check that they're going to be able to deal with that and they're going to be able to have coping mechanisms to thrive in busy or pressurized situations. Um, and I guess the final thing I would say is why use them is it also supports your decision-making process with some data and science, right? And, and we all do it. Managers hire people who are like whom? Well, like ourselves, right? We it's, it's social sciences. We've done lots on the hub. And as anybody knows who's gone through the T2 training, you know, we believe that, you know, we're going to be attracted or, 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 you know, or put off people in the first 10 seconds based on how people carry themselves, conduct themselves on if we like them or not. It's the whole chimp methodology. In 7.8 seconds, we're going to say friend or foe, like or dislike. You've all done it where you've been in an interview and within the first 20 seconds walking towards the room, you've already gone nah or you've already gone, yep, I like this person. And then you'll spend the rest of the interview trying to justify why you should give them the job or not, right? So what psychometric testing does is it just gives you that impartial data sort of science type evidence that will say i feel this in my gut and this feels like a good candidate or not but am i right what is the profile in telling me am i missing something because if you leave hiring entirely down to observational feedback or gut instinct sometimes you'll get it right sometimes you'll get it wrong uh, you'll still do that with psychometric testing. It's not a silver bullet, but it's going to increase your chance. It's going to reduce your leap of faith somewhat by validating your opinion and your interview process with some data and evidence of, have I got the right people with the right motivators and the right traits and characteristics, and therefore they stand a better job of surviving and thriving in this role? Um, so I think that's what it does, four points for me. The other thing you can do with psychometric testing is if you incorporate the psychometric testing into your wider teams who are already in the organization and you look at the data of the top performers in each department versus the average performers in each department, you'll start to see some correlations with certain profiles in certain roles. So whether you're using Insights, Myers-Briggs, DISC, SDIs or PRINT, what are your best salespeople? What's the common denominator of profiles in your best salespeople? Same with customer service, operations, finance, marketing, HR, right? What do these people, what on average do these, the best performers or the, you know, the people who get better, best self-fulfillment from their role, what's type of profiles that they have because it will give you some bio data. It'll get, it'll say, right, in sales, we generally have red and blue uh, insights profiles or we certain have these certain unconscious motivators from print or they're more directive and dominant you know, on the disc personality side. So when you're hiring, if you're if you're psychometric putting them through a psychometric test prior to the interview and they carry the similar types of styles, then that's a good indicator that for your organization, because it's your bio data, they're they're gonna stand a good chance of of, of thriving in the role. So you can you can get clever with psychometric testing and start building bio data of your best sort of average and low performing people in each department and start looking if there's any common denominators and what what sort of traits and behaviors and motivators that these people hold and it helps you with your hiring process. So that's that's sort of um, for this podcast, uh, that's all I've got for you. I think uh, I wanted to do that because I think uh, more and more organizations are starting to incorporate psychometric profile into the interview process. I think it's a fantastic idea. If you're not, I think you're missing a trick. If you want to uh, explore your options, I would certainly look at the big five or start looking at the big five, Myers-Briggs, Insights, DISC, SDI, and Print. We land license 
prints here at T2. We also license a variation of insights called um, social styles. Um, but we fundamentally would recommend that out of the five, print does offer that little bit of differentiation in terms of looking at unconscious motivators and drivers of behavior. We think that's imperative for hiring. Um, you can get in touch with us if you want to know more about that. But just starting to think about if you're maximizing this and if you're incorporating this into your organizational uh, recruitment strategies. Because you know what? Once you're accredited in most of these or once somebody in the organization is accredited in most of these psychometric profiling tools, it's not a great deal of investment to pull off the reports individually or to put individual candidates through them. It's, it's well worth getting getting highs right in the long run. So that's all I've got for you for this Hubcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll be back shortly with uh, another T2 Hubcast. See you soon. 